0: Hello, and welcome to Growing Up with Dr. Sarah. I have the honor as one of my guests today, Dr. Sheila McGinnis. Dr. Sheila McGinnis is a mother of two tween boys. She is also a licensed practicing pediatric dermatologist and is co-founder of Strike Club, which is a personal care line made just for teens and tweens. I am so excited to have this conversation with you today, Dr. McGinnis. Thank you so much. And if you wouldn't mind starting, tell us a little bit more about yourself and your practice.
1: Oh, thank you, Dr. Sarah. Thanks for having me. This is just going to be a great conversation. I'm really looking forward to it. Um, So I am a board-certified pediatric dermatologist. And I think maybe some of your listeners might be surprised to find that pediatric dermatology is a board-certified subspecialty of dermatology. So I did a dermatology residency and then a year of extra training in pediatric dermatology to get more comfortable with how skin conditions, disorders show up in young children all the way from newborns to adolescents. And I have a busy academic practice at a university center in Minneapolis and, um, have a, I I have two boys, tween boys. And, uh, during the pandemic, they were actually the inspiration for me to take on a new role. And that is a little bit of kind of entrepreneurial spirit where I created a um, a skincare and personal care line that's really dedicated to the changing skin needs of, of, of teens and especially boys.
0: Well, I love that. My boys are, I have two boys as well, and my boys are now adults, but I would say I would have given anything to, as a mother, as well as a pediatrician, to have a conversation like this with a pediatric dermatologist. And especially about when it comes to skincare, just self-care in that age group, whether it's a boy or a girl, I remember with Gabe, sorry, Gabe, I'm going to throw my son under the bus. (laughs) It was so hard for me to get him to want to even just shower. <laughs> and uh, and then it was so funny. I remember talking to a colleague who said, until they really hit puberty, they don't feel dirty. You know, they don't feel that need. But we know, and I try to tell kids all the time in my practice, how we take care of ourselves as as little ones, as teens, as tweens, really will impact you know how we take care of ourselves when as we get older and so how do you what would you say to a parent like myself who is really struggling to you know get and, and has that resistance to get their children to really start to take care of themselves head to toe really
1: uh, i'm so glad you asked because the two boys in my house i think i encountered the same struggles Not only at home, though, was I observing this trend, but also in my practice, right? Because I see a lot of adolescent boys and and tween boys and starting the conversation about self-care for boys and girls is so important because I believe also, you know, in what you just said in that taking care of yourself is so important. Modeling those behaviors as a parent is so important. Um, And opening a conversation with your children around how to care about your body, your skin, your largest organ. How do we do do that? And how do we do it in a way that won't uh, seem cringy to them or seems authentic? So uh, for me, in my clinical practice, I'll often start a conversation, saying someone has come in for a totally separate reason, but I noticed that they're starting to get just the earliest beginnings of acne and, you know, 90% of kids are going to go through this. I will actually, after I, you know, address their concerns, I'll, I'll open right up and say, Hey, you know, Caleb, tell me a little bit about your skin and how are you kind of taking care of it? Are you washing your face? Tell me your routine. And I think there's, this is a great opportunity to kind of get from the child what's happening. Um, The parents may have a different version of what's happening, Um, but certainly whether, you know, it's girls, boys, whoever in clinic, I think starting that conversation with just a general, what are you doing? What are you using? No judgment, but just opening that, that door. Um, And as a mom, I think the same thing is true. If you notice that your child is going a few days without showering or washing their face, it's time to talk about healthy, skinny care habits that I think it's important to start early, like in the between years.
0: Do you find, I mean, there's resistance, but then I'm always trying to be really sensitive and I appreciate how you approach your, your families because I'll run into that too. I'll be doing a well visit and then I'll, you know, ask, you know, what concerns, blah, blah, blah. And then I notice nobody's mentioned acne, but I'm, I'm seeing it, you know, and, um, whether it's on their face or back or chest, you know? And so I love that. Just what are you doing? Would you say to a parent, that's a good question too? Because I know sometimes when my mom would say things to me, I'd, I'd take it so personally or I feel like she's nagging. It's like, how do, we, how do we get to those kids so that they just understand? Because I'm sure we'll get to this at one point. But there's a a strong correlation between how our skin looks and also mental health as well. And so sometimes, you know, we want to help as parents because it also means, you know, they're not going to get bullied or they're not going to be self-conscious or be less likely to be social. There's so many things that, uh, that go along with it.
1: Yes, you're absolutely right. And I think one of the main things about this is just removing any stigma about it because I think that's where those negative feelings and that the kids are hiding repressing, not wanting to talk about it, that's something that we don't want because the more they keep all these emotions and negative feelings inside, that's really when it starts to, to impact mental health. And we do know that there's a strong correlation between skin disease, including acne, and depression and anxiety scoring, in in especially in our younger patients, our teens and, and, and young adults. So that's a really important point to talk about but i think that parents can can normalize acne you know this is a normal part of being a teenager I had acne. 95% of kids are going through the exact same thing. So if you're ready to talk about it, I can help you make a plan. We can do something together. We can go to, you know, the we can go to the drugstore or Target together and just kind of talk about what it means to start a good healthy skin routine and you can use that as an opportunity to not only talk about acne but what about sun protection? You know, these mm. are really important habits for your children to get in at an early age and and great for you to open that door give space to that conversation but also um maybe even modeling it yourself as as the parent
0: i think that's such a great idea and you know i think so often you know we might see you know parents you know not being comfortable with sharing, but I think it's okay to say, look, this is what I do, or this is what I did, and it really helped. Or, you know, let's talk to dad about what does he do, you know, because we know as they get older and they start shaving, you know, that breaks up those hairs and skin cells and they're more likely to break out and things like that. So it's yeah. it's OK to kind of I love how you said normalize it and take away that stigma, but realize, too, as as parents that it we can we can get down to their, I don't want to say down to their level, but get on the same level, you know, and on the same page and just say, hey, you know, I went through this too. And let me share with you what I do to try to keep my skin healthy and and model that. But I also with that too, I try to tell families, it it takes more than just the skincare part. I mean, it's a healthy diet, it's good sleep, it's plenty of water. And, uh, and those things I would imagine impact as well.
1: Oh, they do. Yeah, that's really important. Obviously diet, lifestyle. Um, if you're, if your listeners are interested in acne in particular, there are a couple of things that as a parent, you can share with your kids that there are, you know, links and trends towards high glycemic index diets. So really sugary foods that can spike your insulin that can make acne worse. Um, Skim milk actually in, in some studies has been correlated with more severe acne. And then some certain dietary supplements like whey powders for those teens who might be, you know, looking for more protein or bodybuilding. Sometimes those can affect acne as well. Um, so the diet, the the exercise, the good sleep, um, all of those things are are key to to your overall health as well as your skin.
0: What is the one thing you would tell a tween or team just because I'm, I'm all about making small steps and small changes. And I, I just have learned that in my own practice because I feel like I want to set them up for success. So if I do some motivational interviewing and say, what do you think about just doing this to start with? What, what is the first step that you tell your families when it comes to taking care of anywhere on their body, their face, their, their, and you know their skin in general.
1: Yeah, that's a great a great question, and I
0: love it because I'm
1: always kind of talking about it um, in clinic, and it it really is the one first thing. It's about washing your face. It's about bathing. It's about just getting into the shower, using a really kind of gentle soap to cleanse your body parts and washing your face once You know, hopefully twice a day if you, you know, are more into those years of puberty and hormones are changing, oil production is up twice a day. There are even studies that show that the, you know, your skin will look clearer, have fewer blemishes just from washing your face twice a day. And it almost, you know, doesn't really matter what you use as long as you're sticking to things that are gentle, fragrance-free, hypoallergenic. Those are all my favorite uh, things to look for in in a cleanser for, for this age group
0: and i think that's so important um and it, it's like brushing your teeth you know hopefully you can kind of put your soap next to your toothbrush and and try to build it in as a routine as and and really helping kids because i know as they get older you know i hear from parents well i'm not you know i'm not helping them bathe anymore i'm they're getting into the shower by themselves and and we want to encourage independence i'm i'm all about that too but i think it's okay as we're changing that bedtime routine from when we would bathe them and watch them brush their teeth and things like that that it's okay to kind of like as if you're if you don't have a teen or tween yet build that in as you go along, right? But yeah, it's not too late. If you haven't to just say, let's really talk about um, what your bedtime routine is and what it looks like for you now and how they can help create one that also helps with their lifestyle. Oh, yeah. Checking in with your with your teens is a
1: great idea. Hey, you know, you're spending a good like 10 or 15 minutes in the shower? What soap are you using? Do you need any refills? What can I, you know, what can we grab together at the store the next time we go? Because you might be surprised to find out that your teenager is really not using a lot of soap, or they might actually be using shampoo all over their body and their Mm -hmm. face in the shower, like Pantene. I mean, you've got to check
0: in and figure it out. And
1: you only get there by asking the questions.
0: That's right. It makes me laugh about my other son because he loved all the, you know, products that did have that scent and things like that. But we do you don't have to go out and buy the expensive things. You just want to make sure that it's something your skin can tolerate. Because as you said, it's the largest organ in the body. I think sometimes we forget that, right?
1: Yeah, it definitely is and and in the shower it's a great opportunity for like one something easy Head to toe, that's um, safe and and will will do the trick. And usually, that's like a body wash or a cleanser. And I, as a dermatologist, treat children with all kinds of skin diseases, from eczema, psoriasis, to all you know, any inflammatory conditions. And of course, my preference is always going to be towards the unscented, the fragrance free, mm-hmm. um, because those fragrances can be irritating. They can lead to contact allergies, and you know, I'd
0: just rather steer clear of them when possible. For sure. And you brought up eczema too, which is another thing I find, you know, that a lot of kids, again, it kind of circles back to that possibility of affecting their mental health because of the way their skin is, you know, not wanting to go out and be social and covering their skin and, and things like that. So let's say now they've gotten to the point where, okay, I've got my child to be able you know, to, to start washing once, hopefully twice a day. When do you feel that it's time for a family to say, I think we need to see our pediatrician or the pediatric dermatologist?
1: Yeah. Great question. So teens are going to, you know, start to show up with, with acne, even as young as age nine, sometimes even age eight, when that, you know, first hormonal surge, they call it adrenarche When those first hormones start and puberty is beginning, you might start to see little blackheads and whiteheads on the forehead, on the temples, sometimes even in the ear um, or on the upper back. And as long as they are, um, you know, not severe in terms of their number and not turning into those big red pimples and pustules like inflammatory acne, I think you're okay to get started, you know, at home with your own routine. But once you start to see more than five or 10 of those big red pustules, um, or you start to notice little pits in the skin, like early scarring, that is a time where you need to say, "Mm, I think that maybe we need a little more help here. We might need something prescribed by a doctor like a trip into the pediatrician to get started. And then if it escalates from there to see a board certified dermatologist or pediatric dermatologist, because the last thing we want is to, you know, have a child end up with scarring when it might be preventable with medical therapies.
0: And then as far as moisturizing, that's important too, because sometimes what I'll find is They're not being compliant because, oh, we stopped doing that because my skin got so dry. So we need to build that part into it as well, correct? That
1: is so correct, Sarah. So a lot of things on the market right now for acne, you're gonna find, you know, cleansers with salicylic acid, benzyl peroxide, and those are terrific and evidence-based ingredients for acne, but they can also be drying and irritating. So we really need to balance it with, you know, how many times are you using that particular cleanser? Is your face feeling dry, flaky, tight? You might need to moisturize at nighttime um, or even a, a couple of times daily to counteract those active ingredients ingredients.
0: So you bring up a good point. Going to the store, I for me, it seemed like years ago, there weren't as many products out there. And even as a pediatrician, I will go sometimes I'll head to the store and just kind of walk some, the hallways, <laughs> not anywhere from like the baby hallway, just to see like the different formulas that are there, but, and products, but also the skincare products. It, I, th- I was looking um, through your amazing website about um, Strike Club, and I'd love to talk about that, too. But in in your website, too, you talk about how do you know if it's scientific based? It, it does. It makes you kind of dizzy. And I would say as a parent, it I would imagine that it gets very overwhelming. You know, we talked about soap, which I think is really great. And But then you're looking at all these different products and it's like, how do I pick the right one without breaking the bank too?
1: Oh, yeah. There's so much out there. And it's so funny. You talked about walking the aisles. I do it too. (laughs) And when I was first, you know, looking for something before, you know, before we, we kind of embarked on the journey with Strike Club, you would walk down the aisle and you would see... You know, a lot of things that were pink and fruity and scented or, you know, that really did look like they were marketed for girls. And that's great, of course, because girls are, I think, a little more likely to um, engage in that self-care and start those skincare habits earlier than boys, i um, say. But you would see that or you would see like the old medicinal blue and white you know, acne things that we had when I was growing up and there hadn't really been a lot of innovation. Um, And you know what, You're, you're talking about how does a parent know what they're getting? It's really tough because you probably know this, Dr. Sarah, but a lot of parents don't. And that is that the beauty industry in the US is not highly regulated. The FDA really doesn't have much to do with what goes into these topical or beauty products and, you know, acne care and even moisturizers for eczema, all of those kind of get lumped into that category, health and wellness, and it's not regulated. So it is very hard to know, what am I buying? Is it evidence-based? How do I know I'm getting something good? So when I counsel parents about anything that they're applying to their children, and I'm very picky about what goes on to the skin, especially for toddlers and babies, Mm -hmm. because baby skin is much thinner and babies have a larger surface area, you know, um, to absorb potential ingredients. And so I'm really, really picky about it. And I I tell parents these three things. If you want to stay the safest, Most evidence-based, you should look for something that makes a claim of Mm fragrance-free, hypoallergenic, Mm -hmm. and dermatologist- Tested, because even though the FDA is not regulating that, it means something. It means that that product has undergone additional testing at a you know third-party laboratory to make whatever claim that was, whether it's you know non-acnegenic, non-comedogenic, or hypoallergenic. Something else has been done. So those are three good things to look for um, in a product, and that I think spans the whole you know childhood, whether you're a baby or a teen. I think sticking to those three things is really important. Um, But many of the products on the market actually are not those, do not have, cannot make those claims, et cetera.
0: Well, I was was at an adult lecture actually, and it was very interesting because they were saying that between the things that we ingest and the things, the products that we use on our skin, including our hair, our face, you know, our hands, just everywhere, it's like, something like 150 years or so different, it can be up to like different types of, of products, like part, you know, ingredients, I should say that are in different products. And that that statistic kind of blew me away. And of course I sat there thinking, is that true? But whether it's true or not, I think the key here is that, like you said, this is, this is the largest organ and we're mm-hmm. putting things on our skin. And I want to reiterate, you're absolutely right. With babies and toddlers, their surface area is so much greater. And it is important, even then as they get older, to know exactly what are what are they putting on their skin. And I definitely wish I would have known more about that as my kids were growing. But luckily, we are finding more about that. So... What I heard you saying is we want to make sure that it's Mm fragrance-free, it's hypoallergenic, and it's dermatology-tested. Dermatologist-tested. Those are the best three
1: things that you can look for on a label to really kind of think, okay, this is probably going to be safe for my child. Mm -hmm. And of those three, I think fragrance free is the most important of them. Because, you know, fragrances are are a tricky business. Um, They are, as I said, they're not regulated. And one fragrance can be made up of literally hundreds of different ingredients or chemicals, right? Mm -hmm. Some of those are you know have been found to be harmful actually you know especially with a chemical or like a synthetic fragrance things like phthalates or VOCs can be in there and of course we don't want to be applying that to the skin of a baby but I also like to stay away from it for myself and for for patients that I treat and I'm probably a little bit biased because the patients that I treat have skin disease so they don't usually tolerate fragrance as well anyway but it is a good point i think we're absorbing more than we think we are and it's just you know best to be i think a little bit minimal about it
0: yes and i i always try to tell my kids it's you know just being just having a healthy clean body smells good anyway you know whether oh yeah it's,
1: <laughs> did you know have- they have baby perfume they have literally perfume for baby oh my goodness oh yeah actually i think that some fancy company just you know made one for babies that is $250 <laughs>
0: Oh my. Yes. So I don't know. I think the baby perfume
1: needs to go. I don't know. What do you think, Dr. Sarah? I I would
0: agree. I would agree. All kinds of things are going through my head about that right now. You know, the thing is too, is I'll always try to, I think that's the wonderful thing for those that have not yet had a baby or, you know, know that people are going to be buying you things. Don't be afraid to tell them the products that you really like and, um, and need because I mean, I'm, so I'm now a grandma, which is a, a new role for me, Congratulations! And, but thank you. Um, and so, but I also am a pediatrician. So it's like, I know that things have changed. So I would also tell families like, you know, don't be afraid to say, well, you know, things have changed and know more about these products. And yes, that smells so good. But at the same time, I know this is going to be better for my baby, my child, my teen. And, and it's okay, you know, to, to bring that up because. Again, there's that stigma. There's also that, you know, sensitivity. We don't want to hurt anybody's feelings if they bias things. So don't be afraid to to talk about the products and and tell people this is what we need or, or really want. And that's okay. It's okay.
1: Totally okay. And you can put it on your registry. You know, you, you've got lots of opportunities to, to make those good decisions, I think.
0: Now, when it comes to then you know, these products, I I think I love that you shared those three things. And it's so important because, you know, I, and I love freedom of speech, but the fact of the matter is that anybody can also market things the way that they want to um, tell me more about strike club, because I love that you also have products for boys, because as you said, there are a lot of products out there for girls and, um, that are marketed for girls, and I think it's important. You know, the boys, even though it, they they start puberty just a year or two later, in in many cases, they're they're starting to change too. And and uh, so I'd like to hear a little bit more about it, if you don't mind.
1: Oh, sure, thanks for asking. So I, you know, it, it, in my practice as a pediatric dermatologist, it's so fun because I get to interact with teens all the time, and. Girls would come in, having looked at a YouTube video, having seen something on TikTok, talking to me about all these active ingredients, snail mucin, niacinamide, all of this stuff. They're, you know, they were kind of on top of things, ready to go with, you know, whatever step routine that I was gonna, you know, throw at them. And a lot of times I was reining them in, saying, you know what? Actually, less is more here. You need, you know, just a, a cleanser, a moisturizer, you know, some SPF 30 or greater. Like that's going to be like the main part of your routine. And then, you know, the boys would come in. And of course my two boys were, were an inspiration for me too, but the boys with, with, you know, skin concerns and a lot of them it's for it's acne they would be more withdrawn. They'd be in the hoodie. They'd be hiding. They'd be not talking about it. And so the part of our conversation earlier, talking, you know, using that as an opportunity to bring them out of their shell and just say, "Hey, this is normal. What are you using? Let's let's go through it." But they were less likely to engage in that kind of self care that girls are taught is and are normalized to think is good for them. And yes. I think that this is a real opportunity for me as a mom and a doctor to start changing that that conversation about self-care for all teens, but especially for boys who may not be getting it from our culture, our society, and, you know, from their parents. So Strike Club was born when, you know, four of us were all moms. It's a female founded company walked the aisles to find some some skincare for our boys that they would use that wouldn't be embarrassing that would be you know effective and we realized that together we we could do a better job so we embarked on that in you know 2018 2019 launched in 2020 but strike club is all about a very effective um clean skincare regimen for, for teen boys and uses a novel ingredient. That's kind of like benzoyl peroxide, but it's, you know, it's anti-inflammatory and antimicrobial. So it helps with acne bo and all the other you know things that boys are worried about but it's easy it's like a head to toe one wash a wipe some moisturizer just trying to speak their language and tell them hey this is cool it's easy for you and you're one step and you're done you can do this you know this is this is what taking care of yourself is about and we need to start somewhere so why not start here
0: And I, when my boys were growing up, I loved to have like something with a pump or spray because it was easier and then something that they could use to wash their backs because that always seemed the worst part. It seemed like their back and then their forehead. They both played football, so I could where <laughs> yeah. their chin straps yeah. were yeah. and things like that. And uh, And so do you find that that's helpful to you with your patients? Like what are some ways that you make it easy so that the boys, you know can can use it or girls um, and use it on a regular basis? it's
1: like you said the pump is key and keeping that bottle in the shower so they can literally do head to toe and then you're done um and then the, the other product that we we really are proud of is the wipe because the wipes are very um gentle, but they do fight bacteria. So you can throw them in the gym bag, take them with you after sports, wrestling, football, wipe down your face, then wipe down your equipment, boom, back in the bag, you're done. So it's really helpful and it's on the go. You don't need a sink. You can, you can do it right there. Just making things really accessible.
0: Yeah, I love that. And then would you say that girls could use that too in washing, you know, very easily, like especially those ones that are always like, I forget, I fall asleep with my makeup on and blah, blah, blah. Oh, 100%. We have a lot of girls who
1: use our products. You know, not every girl wants a super feminine, fruity type of wash. And I mean, all of us as founders use it ourselves because we just, you know, we're really proud of the product. We know the ingredients and we know that it works and it's helpful um, for me because I'm prone a little bit to rosacea. It kind of helps me there too, actually.
0: (laughs) I'm finding that as I'm getting older, that's for sure. Um, What about, um, what, let's talk a minute about deodorants, because I know a lot of people worry about, you know, some of the products and deodorants. What, what do you tell your families and what do you recommend? And is it, when is it too early to start if there is an age that's too early?
1: you know i think that it's pretty it's fairly obvious when you need to start i think the family and the you know the the child kind of starts to notice they have the odor um One pro tip for, for early body odor is actually just to use an antibacterial wash in the shower. So something like a sodium hypochlorite that is in Strike Club or something like a benzoyl peroxide that's available over the counter. That's a nice thing to throw in, especially for, you know, athletes or if, if someone's very, very sweaty after school or gym, that's a really nice nice thing to do washing those areas like the armpits with the actual antimicrobial soap because what is the odor but the interaction of the sweat and bacteria on your skin right yes yes and then a lot of people, I think, are confused about what is the difference between a deodorant and an antiperspirant, right? Mm-hmm. And the antiperspirant is, I think, what gets some of the baggage in terms of ingredients, but they're actually very safe, and there really is no causal association between aluminum chloride in antiperspirants and, you know, cancer or any you know bad effect down the down the line. So I think that is a little bit of misinformation that kind of gets amplified over time and in social media. But both a deodorant an antiperspirant could be good first options. I, I would say an antiperspirant because of the aluminum chloride actually does prevent sweat versus a deodorant more uses kind of fragrances or sometimes essential oils and that kind yes. of thing to mask Odor, so I think it's a difference between stopping sweating and masking odor. And because I'm not a fan of, you know, a lot of fragrance, I personally think antiperspirants are more effective. But certainly, it is a personal choice. And if you're not allergic to an ingredient and it works for you, then I, I'd say that's fine.
0: And I thank you for clarifying that because that's a big question I get in my practice all the time. And so I really appreciate you going into detail as far as using the wipes. Are they also Okay, in the genital area for either boys or girls or more kind of like skin kind of, you know, where the thigh meets, you know, their um, their areas versus anything internal?
1: You know, I would say they probably would be safe, but I'm not a fan of, you know, genital cleansing with a lot of really strong active ingredients or fragrance which there isn't any in in the wipes that that are straight clubs but I would say just the good old soap and water approach in that area is probably your best bet one of the antimicrobial cleansers I think that is a rinse off you know it's a difference between a wipe that' that's a, the ingredients might stay on the skin leading to a bit more proneness for irritation versus a lather up and rinse off when the ingredients are then you know washed off of the skin. I think we have to be careful. I think a lot of young women who come into my practice who are engaging in different practices, you know, for shaving or for cleansing, they can develop a lot of irritation. So keeping it simple um, as possible, I think is is the best for genital skin.
0: I appreciate that too, because at a certain age, I start to explain, you know, there's a you know, changes that even happen between three and six years old, especially in little girls. And they tend to get more irritation just sitting in the soaps. So really paying attention to shampoo as well as soaps and and using things that are, like you said, hypoallergenic. <laughs> <laughs> Dermatology does. Bubble bath is just... the enemy, Dr. I Sarah. Know, <laughs> I know, and they love it so much. I know so they do. products, yeah. But I always <laughs> hate to be the bearer of bad news when they come to see me, I'm like, okay, let's, how do you, how do you take a bath? How do you wash? And you're absolutely right. Just mild soap and water and making sure that you're rinsing really well. I think that's good to, good to know. Uh, And I appreciate you clarifying that too. One last thing before we finish, I feel like we could talk all day and I'm so appreciative. Let's talk a little bit about SPF and the products that they should be looking for or maybe looking to not be included whether it's a baby or even as as they get older, because I know there's a lot of question about that. My daughter-in-law, of course, was pregnant last summer and we were shopping together trying to find something that we knew she could use that would be safe. And so this is also something that I think people are becoming more aware of. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, and I think it all stems from there were a couple of clinical trials in 2019 that demonstrated that some of the chemical sunscreens that we've grown up with and used for years are actually rapidly absorbed into the bloodstream when you apply them in a sunscreen. So the FDA sort of, you know, came out with a statement saying that the sunscreen choices that they recommend in terms of ingredients that are generally uh, regarded as safe and effective are the mineral-based ones. So zinc oxide and titanium dioxide. And I would say that for kids all the way into school age, like eight years old, that's my preference is to stick to the, the mineral-based sunscreens. Um, and, and after that, I think it's, it's really a personal choice because we just don't know what the long-term adverse effects of, of the chemical sunscreens are, but we do know what the long-term adverse effects of repeated sunburns are or excessive tanning. And that is to end up with, you know, UV damage, photo aging, and skin cancer. So, um, you make a great point. I mean, there are so many options on the market. What what do you look for? What do I recommend and look for? I recommend that parents flip the bottle over and look at that little box that says active ingredients. And okay. what I like to see there is zinc oxide or zinc and titanium dioxide and those should be the only ingredients that you see as actives in the sunscreen and there are great options so many of the of the mineral sunscreens have gotten a lot better in terms of how they blend into the skin and the way they look because there used to be you know such a white pasty cast look with them but they're getting better um but still, that's not everyone's preference. And I think, as a teenager and in your twenties, thirties, and beyond, it really is your personal choice. What, what is? What are you going to use regularly? Um, and then you, you kind of go from there. But my three components are still it's a hold true: is oh, fragrance-free, true. hypoallergenic, dermatologist-tested on your sunscreens it makes a big difference too, because sunscreen itself can also be an irritant and an allergen.
0: And the chemical
1: you- ones mainly.
0: Yes, absolutely. And Mm -hmm. it's funny as we're talking about the zinc oxide and the zinc titanium um, oxide. Is that correct? Yes. (laughs) I'm I'm picturing the old, you know, photos of, you know, where they've got the the white on their nose. (laughs) But it it is important. And I know we're we're joking about that. And um, but this is definitely something that i try to tell especially my teens you know if you take care of your skin now it will it it will definitely help as you get older you know you take care of your healthy body you're less likely to have heart disease you take care of your teeth you're going to keep them longer so it's um it it But the hard part about teens, especially, is they're not thinking about, you know, their forties, their fifties, their sixties, they're, they're thinking about now. And so having something that, you know, that they can absolutely use is, is so important. What about then, what age do you recommend? Because I know there's so many thoughts on this too, to start using sunscreen with babies, for example.
1: Well, the AAP guidelines are six months and above, but most dermatologists and pediatric derms will tell you, you know, um, it's probably just fine to put a little zinc oxide on the backs of hands or face Mm -hmm. if it exposed areas in in a younger baby. But, you know, that's a great opportunity for us to open up the larger conversation. Sun protection is not just sunscreen. You know, we forget that we need to think about protective clothing, hats, sunglasses um seeking shade using the uv index on your phone to make sure that you know if it's 3 or greater you're fully protected we need to do all of those things and it's not just sunscreen because very few people apply enough sunscreen as many times throughout the day that they need to to really achieve the spf on the bottle so what else are we doing we're trying to avoid the sun during peak hours we're wearing protective clothing we're shading ourselves those are all really important um, things to consider as well
0: well thank you so much i mean we've we've covered a lot of <laughs> different topics and uh and i know that this is going to be so helpful for those parents families uh, that are listening i would i always ask my guests this one last question and that is you know if you have One more thing to to share with families, whether it's, you know, getting their teen to be less resistant to, you know, realizing that skincare starts with very, you know, with the products like the three things, even as young as being a baby, what is the final kind of take home message you really want our families to remember from our talk?
1: Um, I would say, don't be intimidated, you know, by what's out there in terms of skincare products for your baby, your child, or your teen. Think about looking for those three things that I talked about products that are fragrance-free, hypoallergenic, dermatologist tested, and don't be afraid to, you know, reach out to a healthcare provider about any of your questions and know that there are board certified pediatric dermatologists probably in your community or at least your you know your state or city that you know if there's something very severe that you need more guidance on we are here to help and um you know only so happy to do that
0: thank you so much and if somebody wanted to learn more about strike force uh, how can they look into that a little bit more for their child
1: Right, so we are available on Amazon. Um, nice. We're available right now, still at Target and Walmart, but you can find us at www.strikeclub.com and the strike the is with a Y, yeah, strikeclub.com. So so feel free to, to check that out. And and then you can also check out the Society for Pediatric Dermatology. And you know, I don't know if you've had a chance to do that, Dr. Sarah, but we've got lots of resources on there too. And that's www.pedsderm.com. Dot net. Lots of patient handouts and information um, for pediatricians and for parents.
0: Thank you so much. And thank you again for joining me today and uh, sharing your wisdom. And, and uh, I hope you'll come back and we could talk more about how to really take care of our skin, which like we said, is the largest organ in our body. Thank and- you. I would love
1: to come back another
0: time. And thank you everyone for listening and let's grow up together. Thanks for listening to another episode of Growing Up with Dr. Sarah. If you enjoyed this episode and think the information shared here today could benefit someone else, take a screenshot of the episode and post to your Instagram story. Make sure you tag us at growing up with Dr. Sarah so we can spread the word about the show and continue to grow in our mission to support as many parents and families as possible. Hey, if you're interested in being a guest on the show or would like to suggest a topic, please visit www.growingupwithdrsarah.com contact. Thanks again for spending time with us today. Stay tuned for a brand new episode next week as we continue to grow up together.